Yo, what's up, everybody? You are now listening to From the East Side with Love. As always, it's your boy, Kosher. And you know what it is. It's UFC 254 podcast preview. So you know I had to start with the man. Remy say, let him know. What's good, everybody? What's up, bro? It's good to be back, man. It's good to discuss this. Yes, yes, yes. Let them know before we start your social and your other podcasts. Yep, yep. You can find me at J the number four and Remy R E M I. And my podcast is called The Fans Perspective, TFP for short. I rock that with my brother Charlie Tricks and my boy John Boom. So we talk fights and all types of other news shit too. So nice, nice. So are you gonna bring perspective from did you guys already talk about this card or uh we had a couple of brief like remote interview phone calls in with a couple of our guys with the uh, Dane the boxer and Joe, the Muay Thai instructor, the Muay Thai expert. So we have uh, some input from them, but I'm not sure how we're going to chop and screw it and put it out. Okay. 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 Um, we may need to do a, uh, a collab, the TFP FTESWL podcast show. You yeah, know, man. For one episode, at least. I'm, as you guys can tell, I've been trying to invite myself onto. Remy Say podcast for the last like 15 episodes. So somebody, <laughs> somebody let him know. I'm trying, you know, trying to give him the give the heads up. Like, hey man, Kosher has been trying to get on. I got you, bro. Definitely. We just figured out getting the phone calls in. Now we gotta figure out how to get more people at once. That's okay. been our big challenge. But we could get uh, you know, these guys in the studio and have you call in too. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So UFC 254. Well, now people are gonna ask, what happened? UFC 253, UFC 252 did so well. We want, you know, we and it did well. Thank you for that, Remy. Say, uh, we want to know what's up with two. What happened to 253? Well, I told Remy say like, hey, that card's boo boo. Even though there's arguably one would say, uh, probably top five, maybe even higher, pop of pop fighter and Izzy, the style bender, Izzy Aladonia. Israel um, we didn't speak on him though so if you guys do want to hear every big uh, pay-per-view then let us know and, and and I'll make sure to get in contact with Remy and hopefully we can arrange a time but I kind of we missed on that and I if you guys have been following us since way back you know I'm a Khabib fan and I've been talking about Khabib forever Especially against Remy because he's a Tony Ferguson fan, and so we, you know, we definitely have a rivalry uh, when it comes to those two fighters and and who we favor in that matchup. Uh, well, I mean, we could have been actually talking about a Tony Ferguson fight in 254 because uh, was it 251? Is that when Justin fought Tony? It was. It might have been 250. It was recent though. It wasn't that long ago. And- that was a game changer of a performance right within the last four to five uh pay-per-views actually can i look that up real quick i kind of what was 250 uh ufc 250 249 found it okay thank you very much sir gotcha that's may so that was in may and um, through all this COVID, shout out to the UFC, shout out to everybody who's been able to keep their athletes safe and, and keep their, their respective people, the worker, staff, and all that safe. Um, 
they were able to do several, you know, pay-per-views and events. There were several events, whether it's uh, the Vegas cards or the Abu Dhabi, a.k.a. Yaz Island, a.k.a. Fight Island cards. Um, and yeah, it, uh, it basically changed everything, right? Because we've always wanted to see the Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. Arguably the best two fighters in the division. Um, you don't, you know, we knew that Justin Ferguson, or Justin, excuse me, Justin Gaethje is hot. Uh, who's the dark horse again? Charlie, Charlie Oliveira? That's my dark horse for sure. Yeah, we know that he's hot, right? We, we, we know that uh, there's Connor still lurking. There's Dustin Poirier, right? There's all these fighters. And this weight class is a whole bunch of killers. Murderers, bro. And Ferguson kind of was able to stay on top of all that until 249. Khabib pulls out because of COVID and um, goes against Justin on the last second and Justin put on a world-class performance against a fighter who was on like a night fight win streak. I think he was up to double digits at that point. I think he was at 10 or 11. He was, yeah, he was chasing the, he was chasing the records at that point for win streaks. So that, you know, world-class performance, world-class performance. And now we have basically 254 the main event and Ferguson's out the window. So I know, I know <laughs> Remy is not too happy about that, but Hurts maybe, my soul. but may, is this, is, is this a nice supplement for, for that? Oh, 1000%. I've said to you many times that I want to see Khabib go against somebody who has like real wrestling credentials and a real decorated record and Gaethje fits the bill perfectly. So this covers one of the things I wanted to see. Tony's the guy who I want to see because he's comfortable on his back. Gaethje's the guy because he's fought against so many. He's his career started preventing guys from getting him on his back. So that it's definitely exciting to watch. And if you beat Tony like that, all of a sudden the entire conversation changes about you against everybody, you know? Right, right, right. And you've always thrown another name out there who's probably not as high of a rate fighter anymore and I don't know where his head at but you always mentioned the person that you felt like we'll say for lack of a better word a dark horse that should a good challenge could be I don't think that's gonna happen now was always Kevin Lee yo that was my guy and he was trying to fight Islam for a long time but he's had uh he came back from one tour in ACL and tore the other so he's probably out for a while longer so, so, um, and you felt like, I guess, maybe that the best, like, it, it, would you say Kevin Lee is a, uh, I can't, you can't say he's a better fighter than Justin, but would you say he's more of a Justin type fighter as far as if he had, he has the intangibles to, to wrestle with you and he can strike, it's all literally about his stamina and his mind. Yeah, I think the the big gap between them would be that Gaethje, his gas tank has never been in question, really. Whereas uh, Kevin Lee has made big mistakes with his gas tank. I think with Gaethje, rather than him getting fatigued, it was the problem of he would get himself in trouble getting into a brawl. Or he would um, get hit hard, and instead of being tactful about it, he would decide to try and hit you back even harder. 
and that got him into trouble with guys like Poirier and Alvarez, of course. But and Michael Johnson. And Michael Johnson, yes, he got knocked down. He had to come back. You know, that was a war. And he was famous for the wars because he never backed down. So and that continued with Tony Ferguson. But what we saw against Tony Ferguson was a discipline that hasn't been there before. And minding his P's and Q's, not getting dragged into anything messy against somebody as tricky as Ferguson is impressive. The fact that it's somebody who has the cardio, has the wrestling acumen, and has uh, very nice footwork considering how he fought Ferguson. And just, you know, his movement is very nice. He's got, typically we expect the leg kicks to be a place setter. I think as we talk about this fight more, I'm a little concerned about that aspect, but he's just got a lot of these aspects to his game where he can control distance, He's got good cardio, and now, at least after Tony Ferguson, it looks like the mental game is locked in, which puts it, the guy who we never see anybody break his will, the guy who never quits, versus the guy who we've never seen anybody not quit against, basically. He breaks everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Enough of, enough seasoning. We're going to let that, we're going to let that cook now. We're going to let that <laughs> cook. Let, let's talk about this 254 card. Um, Remy and I have talked off air. This is not like a world-class card. It's not stacked. It's just really top-heavy. Um, I know there was, like, there was probably an undercard fight, and maybe we can talk about a couple of the main card fights before we get into the actual championship fight. Yep, yep. There is... So for this card, it's an international card, so it's got a lot of uh, interesting prospects. But the one that stood out that I wanted to mention from the prelim for people to watch for is a guy named Shavkat Rachmanov. He was a champion at M1, and he's fighting a Brazilian cowboy, Alex Oliveira. So the UFC is taking him seriously. They're putting him up against a very dangerous opponent and somebody who is going to test his mental willpower any way he can. Oliveira will fight dirty if he's at a disadvantage. And Rachmanov is a dude who has fought overseas against some of the most seasoned experienced fighters that he could i've seen him get into some real scraps and i've seen him fight effectively off his back i've seen him get submissions i've seen him win fights through ground and pound and i think he i've seen him knock a dude out with a lead hook to the body that it was just watching his lead hand there's power in it and i think having a powerful lead hand is a huge huge uh benefit in this sport so I'm looking forward to seeing him against a big test and I think Alex Oliveira is a dude we all know if you can beat Oliveira you're legit right 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 so who are you picking in that I'm gonna go with Rachmanov I think Rachmanov has what it takes to uh win a tough decision though and I could see a fight where he looks great early and Oliveira starts to take the momentum late so it's not a confident choice, I'm saying, but I do like Rockmanov's chances. Okay, I want to go with the Brazilian Cowboy. Um, I think the I think the even though they're two veterans, uh, uh, Brazilian Cowboy is on a, on a on a decent win streak right now. So I can't I don't I can't recall how many fights he's won. I think maybe two or three. Um, so I like his chances. Not sure about the other guy, but. Definitely, if Remy says to check him out, you guys need to check him out. Yep, yep. Cowboys. The next, 
two fight win streak right now, but like tough opponents, Max Griffin and Peter Safadov. Okay. We're gonna have to call Remy the computer because he's checking everything out. So yeah, yeah. We're trying to deliver facts to y'all people. Okay, we're not. It's not just opinion based. So appreciate you being quick on the with the fingers, my dude. Got you, brother. Okay, so let's talk about the heavyweight fight. Well, Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. Now it took me a second to click about Walt Harris, but I didn't realize he was a person. He was a fighter, and there was um, some tragic news. Basically, he had put a post out looking for his daughter, and um, they, you know, it went global. You know, UFC put it out every. You know, people were concerned, and unfortunately, they a couple of weeks later, they they found out that she wouldn't be coming back home anymore. Um, just just to put it lightly. Um, and then he takes all that to fight against Alistair Overeem earlier this year. And Remy, you want to take it from there? Sure, sure. I think the big thing about both guys is when you get to a fight with Alistair Overeem, that means you're on the verge of top five, potentially on the verge of a title shot. That's how good Overeem is. And Walt Harris was there, and he had a long layoff because of the whole situation. The fight had gotten pushed back, and he came back, and he looked really good early. He hurt Overeem. He had him in some trouble, and I thought he took the first round. Clearly, he came close to finishing, but he ran out of gas and wound up getting knocked out. And I thought Overeem showed a lot of class. Um, You know, he... Uh, Harris came up looking devastated. Overeem did console him. There was a hug. You know, there was a lot of respect. There was a mutual respect and understanding about kind of the gravity there. But it's basically been a year where I think everybody in the world of MMA has been rooting for Walt Harris and things haven't exactly gone his way. Yeah. And you said this is another killer. This is Alexander Volkov put on a four round and four minute clinic against Derek Lewis before Lewis caught him right at the end and got knocked out. And I think people think about Volkov, they think about that knockout, but he's actually a pretty seasoned striker. Like, he's a pretty effective striker. And he's another guy who was on a tear. He was on a nice run before running into uh, Derek Lewis, who, off of that fight, he wound up in there with Daniel Cormier for the belt. So... It's not like, you know, he's not, he's no slouch. He got in there and won a clear decision over Greg Hardy afterwards. And I think, uh, I can't remember if he actually fought Curtis Blades, but he's been in there with really dangerous fighters and dangerous power, which is where uh, I think Harris is the biggest threat. Where Harris has gotten into trouble with the gas tank, I think Volkov is going to be able to take advantage. So I have my concerns. I think this is a tough fight for Harris again. When you say it's the whole Derek Lewis fight, him coming off that, do you think he's gotten over that mental? Because you, like you said, he was dominating that fight, and he, well, for lack of a better word, he got suckered into just throwing down. And I mean, these are heavyweights, you know. You don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you know, you don't go against heavyweights and don't think they don't have power. So he gets bodied by Derek Lewis and he did go against 
it's my turn to pick up some uh, info. He did go against Curtis Blades. That was his, he actually lost against him. That was they fought earlier this year. That's right. Okay, that's right. Curtis Blades, another one of the buzz saws in the division. Right, and I, you know what? Even so, it, it so the last three fights was Curtis Blades, Greg Hardy, Derek Lewis. He won. He beat Derek Lewis, or excuse me, he beat Greg Hardy. But let's be honest, Greg Hardy isn't seasoned. And it was gun shy. It was he fought that fight like he didn't want to get another Derek Lewis situation. So, do you? Is that enough to convince you that he could probably edge out Walt Harris? Because it's not enough for me. My thing is the amount of caution that he showed there uh, is the type that will take Harris to deep waters. And my after seeing the way Harris slowed down against Overeem, that's where my concern comes in. Um, I'm hoping that it was like a long layoff, you know, a lot going on type situation, and he can come in this time and be better prepared to go the full 15. But just basing it on what I saw in that fight, I think it's a little bit of trouble. Curtis Blades, another guy who doesn't slow down and who out-wrestles you, you know? I don't know that Harris has that level of wrestling to be able to mimic the impact or the power and explosiveness that Lewis has to mimic it. So uh, I'm still a little nervous for him, but I am rooting for him. I hope he wins the fight. Yeah, I think I think honestly, look, dude, he had the world on his shoulders. He definitely had a heavy heart, heavy mind. Um, and I think he was anxious. I think it was he had a really great first round um, against a killer, you know, Hall of Fame fighter, and everything he was going with his way. So, and I think he just got over over zealous, over anxious. Um, probably was using some like all the anxiety and you know all the all the anxiousness he he i because there was a lot there's a lot so we'll see i i don't want to i don't want to judge him off the overing fight um i can't recall how he fought before let me see i'm gonna pull him up he was on a um, as far as who he fought before Overeem, or yeah, before Overeem. I don't know if you could pull those stats up. Let's see. Yep, I got you. He had uh, he had just come off knocking out Alexi Olenek, who is another fixture in the heavyweight division rankings, and he was on a three-fight win streak with a no contest in between. Okay, so so he was definitely surging up. That's why he got the Overeem fight. Old man Olenek, you know, he... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely he's, he's a boa constrictor right he's not somebody that can that, that really is good with his hands he wants to just grapple you and get you to the floor so um, and then you find an overing who's definitely a striker so two different fights um, but and he didn't have a lot of you know there wasn't a lot of time for him to fight either uh, as far as he didn't get a lot of experience between then and now, I'm gonna go with Walt Harris. I, 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 uh, I think he hopefully will have his mind right and he can keep his stamina just good for at least two rounds. And then that third round, he just needs to survive. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards. I'm concerned about Volkov taking rounds two and three, so I'm going Volkov by decision. Okay, all right, I'm going, I'm going uh, Walt Harris by decision. Let's talk about this co-main. 
Um, Let's go to the, yep, the first title fight of the, or deciding who's getting the next title fight of the division. I think, I think it will be, it won't be a rematch. I think it'll be, uh, I think Jared Cannonier gets it. Now, it's funny because I, I didn't know Jared Cannonier's ascent. Um, I would say it was a, he's a dark horse. But what is interesting for me about this whole thing is have you seen any of his interviews or heard him talk? <laughs> I saw one just recently where he was uh, talking about spirituality and his beliefs and I was like, wow, this is a uh, different <laughs> you know it's a little out there but it was cool you know I, whatever whatever they gets into their head but i got a little bit of diego sanchez vibe from it <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He, he he's definitely in tune with uh, stones and rocks and i don't know maybe crystals and he the, believes in nature um and yeah i think he believes in a law of attraction and uh i i yeah. I don't want to put words into his mouth, but he's like, you know, I want to live on the sun. Like, I want to, you know, people want to be able to, I want to live on the sun, this and that. And I would say, like, I was watching, I was watching some of his training videos. I've been pretty stoked. I was telling Remy off air that I've been watching a lot, consuming a lot just for this podcast and just, just literally for this card. And it's going to be over in like a couple of days. And then I want to forget everything. I don't know. (laughs) But, But, one of the most interesting things that I've ever seen period is at his camp because he does he wants to do stuff scientific and and he's a very like well-spoken man too so it, it's kind of dope and let's, let's let's give him credit Remy he's turned that heavyweight dude yeah he's you know, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people know about that I remember watching him give light heavyweights fits for a long time, and the problem was he was just a little undersized for the division. But I remember telling people to watch for his hands, and then when he got to middleweight, now he's throwing kicks, which my is mind blowing. But yeah, he's had a a nice journey to get to where he's at, and it's been fun to watch. Yeah, so now he's fighting at 185, uh, and he's shredded. That dude's freaking. <laughs> so. Um, but at his at his gym, he has these glasses. I don't know. Have you seen the glasses? No, dude, you gotta watch it. I gotta see if I can find it. He has these glasses that shut down your hand eye coordination. Huh. So it. I, what? So what they're saying is you can't necessarily. How would they describe it? Um, basically, you're fighting off an of instinct as opposed to you're seeing stuff coming and you're able to like go at it. Like you're you're it, it alters your hand eye, but I, I have to show you. It, it, but it basically alters your mind. And what and the reason why they're doing it is so he can be instinctual. It, it's 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 like the twitch that twitch fight you know i think connor speaks about that like that that fast trigger yeah um, yeah and and so that's what they're aiming for they're trying to hone in on his natural ability your natural trigger sense and and so if you throw a punch and you're and so you know anybody throws a punch they're conveniently 
or they're usually there's a, a window to strike right back right well they're trying to hone in to like that that split window where it, right before somebody goes right in back to a turtle position or go right back to guard you can go right back at them that's what I took away from it so expect a lot of very razor sharp counters if it works and expect him to look very quick as far as him just just trying to I, I, I think he's gonna go at Robert the way Robert's trying to go at Izzy which is going to be a great fight because Robert doesn't back down um, I do believe who and Robert Whitaker obviously you know former champ who lost to Izzy is no slouch you know went to two went to two five round uh five round fights against Rio Romero went against Izzy and unfortunately lost um uh but had a win streak of his own coming up to become a champion right has only lost against Izzy in, in what in the last like two or three years everybody else well he, I mean, he fought Yoel twice and can't remember who else he fought but um so it's not like Robert is used to losing or anything like that by any means he hasn't lost in forever but I expect Jared Cannonier to try to take him out of his element. And the one thing about Robert that he's always has been saying, especially right after the first, when he got his title fight or when he won his first title, is that he's been burnt out. He's burnt out. He's burnt out. Um, he took a lot of damage in that first UL fight. It took a lot out of him. Don't even know how he won, especially that second fight. Um, but he took a lot of long breaks in between those fights, and he admitted it. Like it was just so much, and you know he tried to come back with against Izzy, and he looked very anxious. And I get it; he wanted to put it on Izzy, probably try to emulate what Kelvin Gastelum did. Uh, but I would say Kelvin Gastelum is a better boxer. And it was a little bit, it was a little bit uncharacteristic for how Robert fought. I thought he was a little bit rushing a little bit, and he got clipped. So with this Jared Cannonier fight, I could see the same thing, except I think that he will clip Robert Whitaker, and I and I and I, and I think that he'll try to go for a second round knockout. That actually, so I'm gonna wind up at the same place as you, a little bit different on the. Um eval but i haven't seen the training so the glasses training sounds super interesting to me and i think one thing i do want to add that law of attraction concept i think it's super useful for fighters because it's like a it's a mental the tool for your mental game is like if i'm confident the result will follow through so it's like a good way to weaponize confidence and i think that's a huge uh advantage to carry into the octagon and the reason I bring that up is because Whitaker, he, there was a period where he looked incredible and he knocked out Derek Brunson. He knocked out Jacare, who I've always been a huge fan of. And then to get two decisions over Romero, even though I don't agree with the second decision like at all, uh, it was such a close fight. To go to those wars, anybody that keeps it that close with Romero, I automatically give super respect to. But like you said, uh, the fight against Israel, he was 
trying to explode across gaps and punch his way across those gaps. And I think the distance he was fighting at, you have to kick across. And that's the time where we saw Whitaker was coming off multiple knee surgeries. And I don't know that the kicking game is going to be the same or as effective as it was. And he did have a really nice showing bouncing back against Darren Hill. But what he showed was an ability to throw guys off balance, to kind of use versatility and do things that will make it hard to get your timing right. So when you talk about um, Cannoneers working on things that make it more instinctual and to be able to respond quickly in, in a snap, that's really interesting. And I also think that the last fight we saw was Jack Hermanson, who does a lot of that, what I just mentioned Whitaker doing, which is, you know, he plays angles, he plays gaps, he throws a lot of volume and different things at you so that he can mix in the power or the takedown attempt. And that did not work against Cannoneer. He chewed up Hermanson's legs. He was able to get the timing on Hermanson relatively quickly because he forced urgency on Hermanson. The leg kicks and the ability to throw for so much power meant that Hermanson didn't have the time to kind of set anything up or to pick uh, to try to set traps or anything. Hermanson was in a fight and Hermanson couldn't last. And I think what we saw with the timing of it, Adesanya is something where Cannoneer's not going to be able to emulate that precision uh, because nobody can. Adesanya's in a league of his own. Prime Anderson Silva's the only person with comparable precision in the division's history, I think. But what Cannoneer can do is force Whitaker to make more of those mistakes or to take more risks. And eventually, somebody who's been working on the timing, working on the instincts, instinctual responses, he's going to make a read. He's going to time a counter. And I think by the end of the second round, we'll see Whitaker on his back because of some type of power strike. So I'm going uh, Cannoneer second round knockout as well. Okay, I was about to say, it sounded like you were going to... There's strobe glasses. I sent you three links. I hope you got him so you can see him. Uh, but yeah, and, and also, not only does Cannoneer, I think he's an analytics guy because they kept talking about science. So he definitely has a different mind, when a different angle. And he's like, I'm using anything I can for an advantage. And if you watch any of the interviews, dude, he is like, and look, he's scary the way he talks, dude. Like, he's like, I'm going to run through Robert Whitaker, dog. Like, I'm just like, yo, you know, because and that's not a that's not an easy feat. And, you know, the Darren Till fight, to me, is a little bit, how would I say it? It was a good fight for Robert Whitaker to win, but I think it was a little gas because Darren Till is, again, that was probably, what, his third fight in 185, and... I mean, he lost the last two or something. So, I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> Darren Till, he's actually, I actually do like Darren Till watching more interviews of him and just him not being what I thought was just, I thought he deserved everything he got when he lost against Woodley, but now I kind of feel sorry for him. So, um, it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see what happens to Robert Whitaker if he loses um, and how much fight does he still have left in him because it seems like with the belts with the accomplishments 
it doesn't seem like he's a fighter that's going to last a long time. I don't think he, I don't think he needs it. I think he, I think he can get, I, it doesn't seem like he's a flashy guy either. So I'm not trying to count somebody's pockets or anything, but I think he knows how to manage his money. And I don't know if he's here for very long. That's my take. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I just think most fighters don't look the same after fighting Yoel Romero. And I think even when they win, that's that's the key to that. Even when they win. And Whitaker is probably the example that everybody looks at at this point of, man, he got those wins, but it came at a cost. And he just hasn't looked the same since so far, even in the win. But he does have that. There's a grit to him, you know, fighting with torn knees in fights and uh, overcoming what was a pretty rough first round with Darren Till. So, you know, he's one of those guys who I don't want to count out, even though he hasn't looked the same. But I do uh, I do feel that there, it feels like a regression or something. He just hasn't had what he had before he, when he was on his way to winning the belt. And I think Cannoneer kind of has that, the, the element of, Nothing's gonna stop me right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna impose my will, and it's like, as like I jumped this off mentioning the mental game so important. That plays a big role, and when you have the type of power, when you fought against guys who hit with the type of power that he has at heavyweight and light heavyweight, I think Cannonier goes in there with nothing to fear, and having done not just the regular work, but doing all this off the wall extra stuff that nobody else is even trying yet so he could be coming in there on a different level and at a minimum what he's been doing has been working so i'm excited to see you know if he continues to develop because who knows it's scary to see a guy just keep tearing through the ranks you know yeah and and like you said i it's it's just the level of the unknown with uh cannoneer and i don't think there's a lot of footage on him on what there is but I think he just provides a different element. And you're right about Robert Whitaker. I think he has regressed, but it's not necessarily because he's just, he's probably 80 to 85% of the fighter he was, I think. Uh, the injuries are just the mental awareness. But I think, I don't see, honestly, Robert Whitaker beating Izzy. I don't. Um, and that's a testament to Izzy. I do think that after Jared Cannonier fights Izzy, if they ever fight or whatever happens, and if Jared Cannonier loses, it's going to be really hard for me to say. I mean, you may you may play a Yoel Romero rematch, and I know Izzy probably won't go for that. But and even then, like I don't know who, and I don't even know if you could bring Kelvin out 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 the coffin because Kelvin obviously lost against Joker looked terrible. Um, yeah, and and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you could resurrect a Kelvin Gaslam performance because I'm sure he would be motivated to fight. But do you give him that shot? Like, how do you warrant that? You know, that rematch. So I don't know. I I I, I don't see. I don't see somebody being able to stop Izzy right now, and it's not because okay, like I said, Robert Whitaker or anybody else regressing. It's just they're not gonna have the tools equipped as of right now that I see to be able to be dizzy. And and the only reason why Jared even has a chance, I think, is because it's X Factor, a lot of stuff that he's trying to do that's unconventional and it may work. 
Yeah, and power is the great equalizer, so that always makes a fight a little exciting when there's that one hit ability. I think that was what made the Paulo Costa fight interesting to watch, even though the technical distance, we knew going in that there was a possibility for what Adesanya did. So, you know, I think no matter what the situation is, Cannoneer's one hit power makes it interesting. And then when you look through the rest of the division, like you said, there's nobody there. And I think that's why you're seeing Himayev get such a big push. Uh, Kamzat Shimaev. If they can get him in the title conversation, they're going to get him in there as fast as possible because they need somebody that brings a different element, and wrestling is probably what it is. So I'm expecting Chris Weidman to get another push, and I'm expecting Shimaev to get a push. The thing is, the thing for me is, even though I don't the, I think Izzy literally gave a lot of people something that the leg kick killing of Paulo Acosta or uh, Paulo Costa, I think basically showed people like too much of Izzy. And the reason why I say that is because I don't know how he's gonna follow that up without just striking, mixing up his strikes and doing that. But everybody's gonna be aware of that now, right? And then you know, look at Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje kicks everybody's legs off, right? Or Prime Aldo was kicking everybody's like that. So it, if it's something that you can't stop, then it's something you can't stop. Um, is is he going to continue that now? That's that's the thing that I'm going to be interested. In. Or was it just something that he used just for that fight? I don't know if we'll ever see another dominant performance of for Izzy like he did right there. Because I think that was just through and through a full throttle beating. Um, so that kind of scares me about Izzy. Not that he doesn't. Not that he can't improvise and fight. Not that he can't do that. But I don't know. Like, if, if, if they see a weakness in Derek Cannonier, it would probably be pace. Can he actually, as he keeps, you know, pivoting, fighting in a circle, not standing in front of him, play Matador, like, is that going to be? Because I don't know if you're going to do leg kicks with Derek Cannonier and not them now not expecting it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, if Kanir can get you to just trade leg kicks with him, I think he takes that most fights because he hits so hard. My gosh, he definitely has some of my favorite leg kicks in the division. And I think he's technically a much more dangerous fighter than Costa, who just could not do anything to counter the leg kicks. I think Kanir would come up with some way of make that a challenge especially like you said now he knows to be prepared for that because that's how izzy denied power last time that was izzy's answer so now you know he knows i've got to be prepared to check a leg kick or to be able to you know grab it or to counter it throw something off of it trade a leg kick and i think with cannoneer because of his unique power and how good those kicks looked against hermanson who it's so important to mention he's a very Hermanson is elusive. That's what makes him such a tough fighter. If Cannoneer can trade leg kicks with Izzy, I think he's gonna try to find that. Now Izzy is such a spectacular striker. We don't know if even that's an option because of how good he is, but I think that's where Cannoneer's head would probably start is if I can get into exchanges and we go kick for kick. Izzy's gonna be hurting more than me at the end of the round. Yeah, and th- this is the thing about Izzy. He has a mind, right? So if, if if we honestly believe 
is he the next level striker and is that dude even if that game plan doesn't work he's still a fight in my heart and I and I, I can honestly say I think he, he, he like I know he's thinking right so I know he's using like okay like he he, he analyzed he's seen stuff in the moment just not getting caught in the moment right like you don't want to get you know like he like yeah. it's Kelvin like everything was everything was like oh not thrown out the window but Kelvin had an answer as well um but I would say the fighter that fought Kelvin isn't the same fighter now. I think he's more refined, and that's even scarier. But like I told you, because of how he dismantled Paulo Costa, again, I think that's a blueprint that you have to be very careful if you fight John Jones or if you fight maybe even Jerry Cannonier. And we could talk about that John Jones fight because unless John Jones shows signs of him being old and slow, I don't see how the hell is he going to beat him. You're not going to beat John Jones in the leg kick game. And it's going to be very hard for me to... Is he outstriking John Jones in the, in the sense of is he going to land on John Jones, right? John Jones is a counterfighter just like how Izzy can be both. But John Jones' reach allows him to not be hit. So that's a tangent, but I, my mind's thinking. Let's just, just know that, Remy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I like, I play that John Jones fight out in my head all the time, and I really am not sure how it goes, but I just love the fact that it would be the two most cerebral fighters. Like you mentioned, Izzy, you don't see the same Izzy in the second round that you saw in the first. There's and it's it can be similar, but he's making adjustments. And whether it's a small tweak or it's a huge change, he's figuring out something that's gonna work and be effective. And so that's what excites me the most about like that's the same for John Jones. Watch the Gustafson's fight, watch the Reyes fight, even where those fights are close. Jones is a very dangerous fighter because he starts to look for other things, starts to try to test you other ways if something's not working until he finds what works. And Adesanya is the same. And I think that's why that's the most exciting fight because they're the two best pound-for-pound guys right up there. And then you've also got this fact that it would be a chess match of all chess matches. They would be making adjustments on the fly. So that I'm excited for the prospects right. of that fight. Is, uh, right, 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 say. right. And I think it would arguably be the biggest fight. Every time there's a pay-per-view, Davis says, this is trending to be the biggest fight in the UFC history ever. But... This, like my Dana White impression, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this accurate. would actually be bigger than all the other parts because if, if Izzy can stay undefeated and John Jones, you know, obviously does his thing, the the, the trash talking that has happened off, off air has been amazing. So, um, no doubt in my mind, I think this would be the biggest fight. Now, last but not least, save the best for last. Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. Khabib Nurmagomedov. I, I was so excited to say his name until I butchered it. <laughs> I am going 100% Khabib. Now, bear with me, okay? I don't know how the fight's going to go, Remy. <laughs> don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I love Justin, dude. I honestly, but watching these interviews, dude, 
and he's saying stuff that Connor would can't even pronounce. And I'm just talking about he's scared. He's saying that like I can't get my back up against the cage, but Khabib's a hell of a fighter, dude. Like he breaks people. Um, you know, uh I want to see him bleed, you know. I, I believe that if he sees his own blood, he'll freak out. Like, you know, uh, I'm in there. I'm in there to, to fight, you know. I I don't like the interim belt. I don't even know what that belt is. I want his belt. Like, he's saying all these dope stuff. And it's not even trash talk, dude. He's like, I didn't even need to watch Khabib fights. I've watched, like, to, to, I've, I'm a fan of his. Like, I've seen all his fights, like... You know, and it is what it is. Um, and it's just this respect that is dope. But Justin, dude, like, the thing is, okay, anybody can get hit, right? So, Khabib hit Connor, right? And Javier Mendez said that the, the biggest threat to Khabib was Connor. Because Connor's precision striking. He believes it's world class. And it is. With that being said, he also mentioned the fact that we don't know. Justin would be right behind Connor, but he doesn't know where Justin is until they fight. It could be actually the most toughest challenge, or it could not be. Justin is a wild card, man, because he fights like how Cowboy lives. He, he fights with <laughs> reckless abandon or he has a history of fighting more reckless abandon until like you alluded to earlier where everything went just perfect with the Tony Ferguson fight the way he dismantled Tony was just yo like you don't do that to Tony Ferguson right a lot of people have tried on Tony Ferguson's streak and it's not like Tony Ferguson was fighting out he was taking the who's who and literally doing Khabib's job for him. So, I'll give him that. With that being said, um, it's going to be Khabib. I'm going to go with a decision. I think, I think, I don't see Justin breaking but I do see Justin going down a couple of times, and it's going to be a very high-level, intense grappling match. And it doesn't matter whether it's round one or round five. When Justin gets back up, I, I envision him being prepared to be anxious and ready to strike to gain those points back. To try to gain... Uh, confidence in the judges are show confidence in judges. I show like, hey, like I'm still a live dog. If I get not, if I get put it down. Um, and so with that being said, I on the other hand, I respected Khabib so much, and Khabib's respected Justin. You know, it, you would think that Khabib's fighting Connor the way the media keeps asking about Connor, 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 and he just keeps trashing it like, yo, I'm fighting Justin Gaethje. Connor, uh, Connor's not even a thought in my mind right now, right? 
but Khabib has a lot of stuff on his shoulder. Like, you know, his father passed away due to COVID, unfortunately. Um, you know, he had his first fight. He couldn't he couldn't fight Tony because he got locked up in Russia. Not locked up, but everything closed down in Russia basically. So it's not he didn't get arrested, but because of COVID, you know, nobody was able to travel. So he has had a lot of time to think. And it wasn't because he was injured, you know, or before he had a bad weight cut or anything like that. He was prepared to train. So mind you now, too, Remy, Khabib has been training for a while now. Yes, it's a different opponent, but Khabib's been training for a while. Now, he may have taken a while a break off because of his father, unfortunately, right? But dude has been getting geared up for an opponent. So... Um, and he's been in, he's been in the UAE actually for a while on the island for a while or at least near it very close to it so I I, I do believe that that Khabib actually will be 29 and 0 and I and I for whatever reason I the, the it's gonna be a a boring fight in the sense that people are gonna want to see Justin and him fight but Khabib's, I think he's just going to go to father's plan, which is to keep wrestling, keep grappling. He will not give Justin space. I think Justin knows that. That's why Justin's working very hard on wrestling. And I believe that Khabib's will will, will get to him. I, I want you to speak on it and then Maybe you'll, you'll liven me up because I, for whatever reason, I kind of felt like I felt like <laughs> kind of like just cool. Like I'm just like I don't know, I don't know. Well, go ahead, man. Well, what I'll tell you on this one, I think one of the things that makes it so interesting is that Gaethje's growth in the past couple of fights is something that we hadn't seen, so we don't know how far the sky's the limit on it. And he's got a coach in Trevor Whitman who is one of the preeminent coaches in the game. We've seen Trevor Whitman take a fighter going in against somebody who everybody thought was unbeatable and completely uh, shocked the world. And that was Rose Namajunas versus Joanna Jancic. So we've seen him prepare fighters to surprise people. And the thing about Gaethje is he has a lot of interesting tools for a Khabib Nurmagomedov fight. But he's a He comes from folk-style wrestling background, which makes... He's got a bit of a different approach to the guys who I think we've seen back up against the cage. And he's alluded to it. Like you said, he said a lot of the right things. Um, We saw against Tony Ferguson, that L-step was such an important way to manage Ferguson and keep Ferguson moving into trouble. And I think being, he's got to be even more light on his feet, as uh, my friend Dane would say. Uh, he, He has to stay light on his feet and work his footwork. But he's shown that type of, uh, that level of distance management where Khabib's going to have to really work to get inside. And I don't think that against somebody with that much wrestling experience that he can rely on the type of shots that he took against Conor McGregor or Ally Aguinza, which were, he shot in from pretty far out. And then against Poirier, now against Poirier, I think he was able to do a little bit of level changing where he got Poirier swinging and he ducked under. That's the type of takedowns he's going to need. But with Gaethje, you are always in danger when you do that. So I think the most interesting part here is 
Khabib's got to put himself in a little more danger than he typically is able is has to because of the wrestling acumen and he's fighting a guy who is big strong and athletic with takedown defense so it just it all comes full circle now i do think the um the cardio race i think the difference i think gaethje's willpower is always there but we have seen him get a little bit tired and make mistakes and i think one thing about his style is whether you force him to wrestle or whether you're striking with him everything's pretty explosive and if Khabib can force him to wrestle and can get his back to the mat, maybe he doesn't keep him down because other guys have gotten up a few times. And if it's in the middle of the mat, that'll be easier. But the energy that Gates is going to expend trying to explode away and get the distance and get back up. And then, like you said, he's a fighter who tries to he doesn't really when things go bad, he tries to play catch up pretty quickly. And that has gotten him in trouble. That's another reason for mistakes. Those two aspects are things that Khabib can take advantage of and wear on Gaethje. So that's where it gets interesting. But um, for me, the one thing I do think that I've always had a bit of a complaint on Khabib Nurmagomedov for is there have been in a couple of his fights that go a little bit deeper rounds where he seems to just kind of take a break on his feet and he uses the threat of the takedown to... Uh, kind of avoid getting hit hard and throw and he throws a little bit but he doesn't he it's almost reckless like he's giving the guy opportunities and openings while he waits to get back into position to explode for a takedown and i don't think that i think that gaichi can steal rounds that way or can still all round that way and all it's going to take is a couple of big strikes and a couple of takedowns defended to steal other rounds so my pick on this one is going to be gaichi by split decision I think it's going to be one of those where the uh, the stars kind of align for Gaethje with uh, Whitman's coaching, with the type of evolution he's had where there's less time to kind of game plan it, and with the fact that Nurmagomedov has not been with his main coaching team because they were in America. He's been He's gone through loss, and also uh, his main teammates, like the guys we all know for his teammates that have always prepped him, they're all retired now. They're they're coming off surgeries. They haven't been able to train with him. So that's another thing that's interesting in this. I think he's gone through a lot of changes, and it's hard to to really attest to where his where he's going to be at exactly. But uh, you know, I always had Ferguson beating him, and Gates you just put on an absolute clinic against Ferguson. So I wind up leaning towards the guy who showed out against Ferguson too, and doing a little bit of. Uh, funky MMA math, but I'm going to take Gaethje split decision, though. I think it's going to be super close. I think there's definitely going to be takedowns, and I think this could very well be a fight where we're looking at that fifth round saying, whoever toughs this one out is going to be the one who wins the yeah, fight. Yeah, okay, I, I, I can hear you. I, I I had a sneaky suspicion that you were going to go with with, uh, with Justin because he beat your beloved. Um, Yep, yep. <laughs> but the, the, this is what, and, and you did, you do mention you were like, hey man, these these idle rounds, I would call it, that could be just is like chilling. I don't know what to call mm-hmm. it either because it definitely does happen. But I see, I, I see it going two ways because I don't, I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if Khabib could take a loss or after his father passed. Justin Gaethje said, 
that Khabib has a lot of yes men around him and he doesn't allow any of that. He always wants to be challenged. So it's it's going to tell me that it's, it's telling me and, and th- th- this is what's interesting. Javier Mendez is like, look, man, I trust Khabib. Um, and I've coached, and, and and he and he gives insight, like whether you want to believe it or not. But he said, "Dude, I'm scared as death to trade with Justin, to, you know, Justin Gaethje. I was scared to death when uh, <laughs> when he fought Alaquinta, and he was scared to death when he fought Connor, because he said Khabib went rogue. Khabib went rogue against Connor and Alaquinta. He wanted to stand. Whether you want to believe it or not, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let." whoever, you know, but Javier Mendez was like, yo, that was not in the game plan, bro. That was not in the game plan. We wanted to take, we wanted to take Connor down, and Khabib was like, he wanted to prove a point. And even even Khabib in the press conference was like, watch out for my right jab, watch out for my right jab. It It's all about how Khabib feels, and when his father is there, he takes care of business a lot faster than when it's just Javier Mendez telling him what to do because he kind of, he'll just go rogue. And there's a key uh, term, it's called father's plan. So I, I'm, if Khabib decides to go rogue or goes dark or whatever, if you hear father's plan, just get ready. I mean, it, that is, everybody's going to know this, okay? Because it's already out there. Yeah, you need to get back to your roots in wrestling, bro. And mm-hmm. that's something that I think Khabib cannot afford to mess around. I, I think he understands the gravity and the 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 the, the cojones that Justin Gaethje has. Like you can't tell me the human highlight reel isn't for real. Like you can't tell me this dude. You've seen him go to war, and you see the type of pace he puts up. People, you see how he hits. You've seen him get hit and get back up. Like. It's not like this guy, he didn't get here by accident, you know? And, he, and he's definitely tailored what you would think to, 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 to be able to compete against Khabib. We just haven't seen the wrestling. No, we, we know it's not, not, not existed, but we just don't know how is it. Now, this is where I, this is why I tip the hat off to, to, to Khabib. Khabib told Cormier what I think is the, the, the exactly the, this is why this is why even though Cormier could beat up Stipe I would say 8 out of 10 times Con, uh, Khabib or Cor, excuse me Cormier fell in love with striking he just tried to take Stipe down once Stipe kind of got up afterwards and he didn't go after it again Khabib was like nah bro I'm not coming at you once. I'm not coming at you twice. I'm coming at you 10 times at least. 100 times if I have to. I am going to get that takedown. If that's the kind of grind that Khabib's going for, you know, all he has to do is really watch out for his head for elbows or a knee. I don't I, I don't think I don't think Justin's going to have enough power to throw a punch, but I would watch out for those knees and elbows. Um and and see, but he feels like and he being Khabib felt like maybe Cormier could have won if he just kept to the wrestling. And that's what that's what it is, dude. Khabib just has to stick to the wrestling. If Khabib wants to trade with Justin, the thing the thing with Justin is 
I he'll be more patient than Connor though, because Connor was eager to prove a point. So it's going to be up to Justin to pick up the pace in those low idle times. But if he's just there and throwing leg kicks, then it is what it is. I think Khabib will be able, will will survive those. I just think that if if it's one of those things where he does try to go after Khabib. Uh, more with more pace, then there's a, I think there will be a little bit more trouble. But again, it's just it just takes on what is he going to do that? Is he going to do that after Khabib takes him down? And if he does that, does Khabib catch him on a level change and drop him again? I don't think Justin could take two or dare I say three takedowns by Khabib in one round. If that happens, game over. Anytime Khabib gets you down more than twice, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. If he gets if he gets Justin down in a round, mark my words. If for if for whatever reason he can get Justin down more than twice in that round, either that round or the next round, he, Justin's gonna lose. Mm-hmm. That I think that's a that's definitely the uh, that's definitely astute. I think that's accurate, and I think the scary thing for Justin is that. If Khabib can get him down, it's going to be chain wrestling, I think. And if Justin doesn't have an answer for the chain wrestling, he's going to be in trouble. So once Khabib starts taking him down, I'm going to be concerned immediately. But I do also want to mention that when we talk about Justin's wrestling, now MMA is different, but his wrestling career, uh, I think Gaethje's the last guy to take down Jordan Burroughs, or he's one of the few to take down Jordan Burroughs, you know? He cracked his teeth you know he went to war with jordan burroughs in wrestling and if there's one person who i look at as like you have to have the elite willpower to like you you're probably gonna have to be able to concede that somebody has an ability to get control it would be going against jordan burroughs so i do think that the most interesting thing is the if part of it because if Gaethje can deny those takedowns a little bit, and if he can land good strikes, and if Khabib goes to take those little lull periods, and Gaethje is in his grill and scoring at those points, I think the other, the one thing that also comes into play is this is the most susceptible I think he'd be in to be, uh, he's most susceptible now to not having an answer because of not having, like, father's plan is father's not here. And the training, his coach just got here. There may be more room to go rogue and kind of question things. So I'm just super curious about it because I do think my natural inclination is it's MMA. Nurmagomedov also has throws and trips that are like, they come from everything. He's got the judo background too. That I think Gaethje, still I edge Nurmagomedov as the grappler. I do think it's a little bit closer than people have assumed so far. And uh, I think the two places that it's interesting are that initial level change. And then if if Gaethje's denying that, if Gaethje does go to the ground, just not giving up his back too easily. Because that's the one, the one place I think in wrestling where he could get into trouble would be if he gives up his back looking for the escape. Because he'll definitely be looking for distance. And, you know, he might be willing to concede the position to get away and explode out. But Nurmagomedov is incredible if you try to give him your back. He can eat you that way. So I think the multiple takedowns is a key aspect to look for. And I also think 
Gaethje's gonna have to watch every time he goes down to not give up his back too easily because he could find himself slipping into a choke because he's in too much of a rush to get back to his feet. And, and, and here, here, here's a caveat that I that you you know you you kind of have me mull over. If something's not working in one round, best believe Trevor Trevor Whitman has something else for the next round. It's not going. I believe Justin's going to show different things to to Khabib, so it's not going to be. Khabib won't get a read, right? I don't know how well Khabib can read striking like that, um, but it's it, you can't. Khabib can't let him get to Trevor Whitman. That's what I want to say. Like Khabib. Khabib can't be like, ah, oh, like it was close. Well, you're not probably not gonna get that chance again. Cause was, Trevor's gonna be like, yo, bro, like you not don't do that again. Cause that's what led to this, you know? Um, so it, mm-hmm. it, but you said a lot of ifs. I'm telling you, I know Khabib's gonna get to him. That's the only like that's what I'm <laughs> like, that's the thing. There's a lot of ifs, but and to know. Khabib is going to get to him. How is Justin going to handle that? And what are the answers? What, what, yeah. Yeah, what do you show? You can strike as much as you want, but like Khabib said, once I touch you, it's a little bit different. And he's going to trust. He's going to touch Justin. I don't know if Justin like. And this thing is, I don't see Justin. Justin is not going to tap. He's going to go to sleep. So that's a dope. That's a dope fighter to me. Like he's, he's dope. Like I, 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 I don't think he'll be ever. I don't think he'll be stupid. Give him his back. I, 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 I see Justin going to hip toss and do anything he can. Um, but I just, I, I, and I believe me, this is probably the closest I would want. If if Khabib were to lose, dude, I would. If he lost to Tony, that'd be something else. But if you lost to Justin, Justin, I have no problem because I love Justin. Like I've, I, I've literally, like, was like, okay, like, I mean, I've been a fan, but like for real, like this dude's legit. Like I, like this guy's. There's nothing that I can say negative about him. Um, I just don't. Again, I just know that Khabib's going to get to you, and because we know that Khabib is so dominant in that one thing. And it's not like Damian Maya type dominant, and it's not like who else can can we argue that um, is just a specialist? Uh, um, anybody off the top of your head? Oh, like Damian Maya, like Jacare. No, well, Jacare does a little stand up, but you know those types that will grind you out in one thing, and they don't have anything to go to right. fall back on. Right, right, right. Uh, it's. It's it's just too much. I, I I just think that it's just that it's gonna be that overbearing. And again, it's what round can Khabib get him down multiple times? If it's the second, if it's the third, and that's gonna be a little scary because at the end, like I said, whatever happens, Justin may be able to get away and maybe be able to mix it up as far as listening to Trevor Whitman, which is going to be great. He has, a, you know, arguably a top two uh, coach in the in the in, in the whole UFC. 
are in the world. But excuse me. Um, and that's up there with the minds of Winkle John and and, and and Javier Mendez, you know, Javier Mendez for sure. Yeah. So and uh also um, other people, but I, I I think I think there's gonna be a couple of game plans and I think there's gonna be a couple of samples that Trevor Whitman's going to show Khabib so he could get a read to see how Khabib is reacting. And I think depending on how the first round goes, again, I think I think that's how you have to be Khabib. You have to keep switching it up. Um, you know he's gonna come after you, but you can't, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. He just can't he can't just do everything the same in each round because by the third, by the fourth, Khabib is gonna grab a hold of you. For sure, for sure. Oh. And now you mentioned one thing about, you mentioned switching it up. I don't know if you saw, I saw somebody mentioning that Trevor Whitman said that uh, Gaethje has an X factor yes. that they haven't really let yes. on, right? And I've been racking my brain to think what it would be. And the two things I could think of that would be, that could be effective uh, would be the level change to Gaethje attempting takedowns, which is something I saw. I Quince actually did it a couple of times, where he went for the hips and then he threw punches off of uh, Gomeda going for the sprawl, which was it wasn't the most effective, but it got Gomeda to back up. It was the one time I think I saw his back touch the cage against Al. And then the other thing was potentially, and also Gaethje has a legitimate wrestling career, like real wrestling in his past, so. That would be interesting. But the other thing I think is something that uh, uh, my boy Teofimo Lopez shocked me with this weekend, the uppercut. I think the uppercut is an interesting way to respond to any wrestler if you could set it up right. Because if they're going to get their head down that low, you could come right up through it. So I think one strike I'd be interested to see is if Justin Gaethje starts using uppercuts as a uh, countermeasure or momentum killer. Which just me, it, <laughs> I wanted to give a little shout out to Teofimo Lopez for a real nice performance against my favorite boxer right now, Lomachenko, because the uppercut was a difference Whoa, maker there too. I did not know that was your favorite boxer. I think Lomo was a big hype job. What? <laughs> I just love they, footwork, He man. has decent footwork, <laughs> but I just thought that he also just fought some over-the-hill random people. Um, he, he's decent, but uh, I don't, I don't. You know, I know he's like ESPN and top ranks like baby, but I don't. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm not impressed. I guess GSP says. Um, but I, I maybe, maybe, maybe we didn't talk about that. But I felt like that's what we thought that Connor would have done to Khabib. I feel like I feel like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that is a, is a, is a true threat threat to any wrestler is the uppercut. Um, but it's all about persistent striking, right? You, it's, and it's about timing. So, and it doesn't have to be hard. It just has to be right. So maybe, but I think the answer to your question, I think it was, they said it was Justin's uh, wrestling. He hasn't been able, he hasn't needed to use it. So that's the X factor. So you don't know where his real level's at. You just know what's high. So Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't I don't expect Justin to get off as many leg kicks to be honest. And I don't expect him to be stifled though. But if he's not on the pivot and if he's not circling, like he has to fight it like Tony, but he also 
he also has to not pick his spots because he can't stand in front of Khabib, but he can't stand in front of he can't fight like he fought Tony, but he has to be able to be as accurate as he fought Tony, if that made sense. But then, and then this is what I mean by that. Tony had no problem standing in the middle of cage and trading. No problem. Khabib's not going to give you that, right? But you still have to be able yep. to hit him. So you got to do more with less. Because where Tony wasn't scared of getting hit and, 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 and welcomed the brawl, Khabib's not welcoming a brawl. Like, he's doing everything he can to evade you hitting him so he can grab you. Awesome saying, Gee, Street Fighter type shit, right? So, so you, you, you <laughs> can't, you can't, you can't be overzealous. You can't attack too much because he's going to try to grab you. <laughs> like, so, it's almost like, it's like one, two, all right, circle around, circle around, two, leg kick, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. You know, maybe fake a jab, see where it goes, see, see if it could be bites. Like, you have to be on your bike and just score. If, if, if Justin's, if Justin's doesn't, I, I, I don't doubt that he won't pivot because I know he'll pivot. I know he'll use footwork. But if Justin decides to stop moving and start trying to tee off, which I'm, again, he, he, he has to limit the shots that he's shoot, um, um, hitting him with. But also, just again, like I said, be effective. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. I bet you, unless it goes five rounds, and for whatever reason, Khabib can't get him on. Like can't can't get a hold of him. Then that means that he got beat the freak up because Justin's not going out on the fight, obviously. But but yeah. what I'm what I think is is that you're not gonna get a lot of free shots on Khabib. And with that being said. That's why I said you got to do less with more. You got to be effective with the strikes you do land on Khabib to make him think. Because, again, he's not going to give you what Tony gave you. And he's not going to, again, who 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 are the last people that um, that Justin fought? They're not like anybody that he's fought before. And he's been able to put up a lot of punishment. Cowboy, Michael Johnson, Poirier, even though he lost against Poirier. Um, Tony Ferguson. That is not Khabib. So you're able to put your full arsenal of striking against those guys. That Khabib doesn't do that, dude. Like he's not he he didn't let Connor get off like that. Even though the only person I would say he let go off had, was was Aliquinta, and that was by design. But Connor was very cautious, and, and Connor like you know he he was just looking because he didn't want to blow his gas tank. That's the one thing about Justin that you don't have to worry about. He's not going to let, unless for whatever reason he freaks out, he's not blowing his gas tank. So there should be no reason for him to be reserved, but he has to be patient. He has, mm-hmm. and that's what I think. It, the patience is key. Like, I'm not, and I'm not saying some on some Tyrone Woodley patient, because that's too patient. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that, but it, you know, you, you, just gotta find your spots and you better be damn well effective with it because again you let Khabib grab you bro so that's so I don't think I don't I don't again unless unless Justin somehow just destroys Khabib then he'll have a world class night again and you know he'll be able to get Khabib busted open and brawl but I don't see that happening so he has to not be frustrated he has to get what what's given to him and keep it moving. Don't stay, 
Don't wait for it. Khabib, Khabib's not fancy with the footwork. You might catch him stepping the wrong way. You might catch him trying to lunge all the way to the other side to hit you with a punch. You got to find those moments, man. And, and score on those moments and keep it running. Don't fall in love with it. You keep it running. Yep, yep. Never get too comfortable. And exactly, I think what you're alluding to, like, stay very... He's got to be active to keep Khabib off balance, but he also has to have the patience to not reach at all. And the leg kick is a great weapon that he uses. I don't know how much he wants to throw it either. You mentioned that Khabib could take that away a while back, and I agree with that. I don't think we're going to see a lot of those. And I think uh, it really does come down to the amount, not just discipline, but, like, real heavy fight IQ. And uh, Justin's going to have to show a ton of fight IQ. You know what is doing. And like you said, he's so good at it that nobody can stop it. And it takes away a lot of what fighters are comfortable using. Gates G's got to come in with a plan that lets him get things off that he's used to getting off. And we'll see. It's definitely, it's just such an exciting fight, man. I can't, I can see it going so many different ways with the amount of talent that's going to be in that octagon. And I'll be happy regardless because these are absolutely the two dudes at the top of the best division in yes, MMA. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. On that note, thank y'all for listening. Let me say I appreciate you for always coming on, always giving the people what they want to hear. Uh, and let them know again where they can find you at. Yeah, thank you everybody that listened. Shout out to you guys for checking us out. Uh, many thanks for having me on, Coaster. Always appreciate it, brother. And I'm at J4Remy. That's J the number four, R-E-M-I on Twitter. And t- the fans' perspective on Spotify. You can find us in, on all the uh, podcast yep, places. You can find me on Twitter. That's Kosher, F-T-E-S-W-L. You can hit up at, you know, JC. I think it's, I think it's, uh, his, uh, his ad is at F-T-E-S-W-L-J-C or maybe J-C-F-T-E-S-W-L. I forgot. I don't know. What am I with the hell that guy is doing? And then, and then you can always hit us up on the main account at FTESWL. Also, you know, we're everywhere Spotify, uh, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, basically, and the other anchor outlets, media outlets that uh, they provide for us. Um, if also, just real, real quick, Remy, I, like I said, I sent you the Jared Cannon here, so please let me know when we get off if you have a chance to look at that because I want to know your take on that. The glasses. Definitely. Looking yeah, forward to it. Everybody, you guys should look at it too. I'm not I'm not advising you all need to be on that. That's not what I'm saying either. But if you guys are interested in some strobe glasses, you can, if you type in Jared, Jared Cannonier glasses in YouTube, you'll find it. It pops up. Um, I think it's in one of the like the UFC uh I forgot what the 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 call what the show is, but Basically, it was like the face-off between uh, the match that the UFC puts on to talk about the two fighters. Um, countdown. Oh, countdown. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So they speak about it there. So if you guys want to watch it there, it, it, it will be on Countdown. Robert Whitaker versus Jared Kennanier. But everybody, thank you very much. I know it was a long podcast. And, I, you know, we took a lot about you here. But, you know, it's an important podcast to me. Uh, I love I love Khabib. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not ashamed to say it either. Um, definitely will be hurt if Khabib loses, but I will find a lot of joy if, if, if Justin wins as well. Be very bittersweet, as much as bitter and sweet could be for me. But um, they'll, they say 
Remy that if if Khabib wins, he should definitely be pound for pound, number one, like straight up. Last take on that, and then I'll let you go. Absolutely. I think he locks up pound for pound number one with that win, but then it comes down to John Jones and Israel Adesanya fighting each other, and they'd be able to lap him again. And then you'd have whoever, if Khabib fought GSP after that, you could have the conversation of GOAT. So this is the one that gets Khabib, to me, really in that conversation. I think that this locks him in to arguing about John Jones, Anderson Silva, GSP, and all okay. the greats. I, and I agree. Uh, DC said that, yes, you know, the Anderson Silvers and John Jones are greats and they're goats, but because they tested positive, it's kind of like an asterisk and they're a little bit off the side. If you believe that theory, then maybe Khabib will be one of the few... Like, just, you know, universal, unanimous goats, because he didn't have any controversy. It was what it was. He may not have the same level of, he may not have fought the same level of competitions until more recently, because a lot of his, you know, earlier fights were, I wouldn't say competition, competition, but if you beat Justin Gaethje on the streak that he's on right now, you could probably say you, you beat probably a lot of other people as well, even Tony Ferguson. <laughs> all right. All right. Yes, all right. sir. Thank you very much, Remy. Thank you, everybody. Everybody, stay blessed. Stay positive. We're out.